You cannot be in church just online through the week or catch us even right now live. And if you are ever at home and you can't uh, be here, uh, if you'll get connected with us, we can put you in our directory and you'll get a little text message. And some of you will be sitting here and your phone will go off in just a moment that uh, we're gone, we've gone live so that you can uh, tune in at home. It's so good to have you here. It's just a privilege to be in the house of God. And of course, I try to do a little bit of humor, and the key word there is try, and uh, it's, it's kind of difficult at times. A little church had stopped buying from a local stationery company who, who sold paper and uh, pencils and ink pens to churches, and they had just stopped. And so uh, the company called one of the deacons and said, uh, you know, you guys have stopped buying from us. We're just curious if there's a problem. He said, well, a little bit. He said, well, what was the problem? He said, well, you remember those, those pencils? We bought pencils so when guests would come, they could fill out the guest register and then they could take the pencil home. Well, yeah. Did, did you not get them? He said, no, 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 we, we got them. He said, but you uh, mixed up the orders and you gave us the country club pencils, which stated, play golf next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it mixed up messages sometimes are difficult. A mother was uh, headed to church and she just felt ill. Last moment, she sent her daughter on ahead and she said, please take time to remember what the sermon's about. I want to know. I want to know the, the main verse, the main text that, that, that he preached on. So got home and she said, well, well, what was the main text of this message? And she said, don't be scared. You'll get your quilt. And she started thinking, what scripture verse is that? Don't be scared. Don't be scared. You will get your quilt. She thought, and she thought, and she just, she's going to take a long She called the pastor, said, Pastor, what did you speak on this morning? What was your, what was your text? He said, well, it's a beautiful text. He said, fear not, thy comforter will come. <laughs> 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 so there is a difference between a comforter and a quilt. And uh, I, I grew up around quilts as a kid. I grew up in Methodist church. Um, Knew, knew that we were supposed to go to church, but it didn't make any difference. You could cuss like a sailor Sunday afternoon, uh, but, uh, you know, church was important on Sunday mornings. And, and they had quilts, uh, quilting frames, and the ladies would quilt during the week. And, and uh, so I've been around quilting all my life, and so that particular one uh, kind of speaks to me. Blessed or stressed? We are living in an unbelievable time in history, uh, we we are, are dealing with with stressful things that happen every day, and it, it is amazing what technology has uh, done for us. We can get messages and, and uh, news from around the world in an instant. We can hear of every calamity, every difficult situation in the world. You ever notice that it's only bad news that travels fast? <laughs> it's just, just the way it is. But uh, blessed or stressed, and we, we make the choice on that. 
and we have to strive to get rid of the stress because this life is full of stress. I read an article this past week about a, uh, a psychologist who has done research on where we're at in America today. And he said that, get rid of your phone, get away from the screens, and go to church. Amen. A psychologist said that. And he said, what's happened is, is that America right now is suffering loneliness. People are lonely because they have found themselves looking at a screen and trying to get communication to someone or somewhere and it doesn't work. It is, it, it's the concept of touch. It's the concept of feel. It's the touch of interaction with the eye contact. And he said, people are lonely and they need to stop sitting at home looking at the screen. They need to get out of the house and go to church. <laughs> wow. I like to put him all over the world on that one. And it's, it's so important that we recognize that we choose whether we allow stress to control us or we control the stress. You'll say, Pastor, I'm really excited. I came to church this morning to hear about stress. I mean, stressful just to hear about it. Well, how did it all start? Well, you got to go back to the book. Genesis is where it all started. And stress started about the third chapter. First couple chapters, God's putting everything together, and then he created man. You know there's two problems with marriage? There's two. Number one, man. Number two, women. That solves the problem. There we go. And, and we find that the fall of man in chapter 3 of Genesis. It's interesting to see the stress of mankind. The stress of mankind. In chapter 3, uh, starting at the top of the chapter, now the servant was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, the serpent said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, You may eat fruit from the tree in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not surely die, the servant said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The devil is very crafty, as the scripture says. He's very, very crafty. The concept of sin comes whenever the devil or we in our carnal flesh and our thought process dilute the word of God. You see, the devil twisted the word of God. He didn't just, here's, 
Surely that's what God said. I'm going to give you a whole different vernacular. No, he takes what's the concept of truth and he twists it. And your carnal mind will twist the truth. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit that lives within the Word of God to reveal the Word of God to us. Stress is basically based on fear. And when Adam and Eve sinned, not only did they lose their innocence, but stress entered human life at that point. And most of us would really like to have a talk with Adam and Eve and explain to them, why did you do that? <laughs> Our life would have been so much more fun just to have not had the stress of it, not having sin entered our life. You see, it, it's the word of God being twisted. You will not surely die, the servant said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing the good and evil. When, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. If you don't get close to it, you're apt to not get burnt. As a kid growing up, uh, part of the church activities was my parents were youth uh, directors and I was the little kid that always kind of hung alongside with the teenagers and had a big old potbelly stove in, in this parish hall that we had that we had games and activities for the youth in and, and we, we, we learned real quick that when it's red hot you don't touch it and and Eve got involved in the garden and she got her eyes on the fruit. And she got her eyes on sin. When you get close and things get your eye gate, you're in trouble. You have to have, almost have to have somebody to grab you and say, come on, let's get on out of here. We're not, we're, it's not where we need to be. But she did not have that individual. And, and, and Adam knew that it was wrong. But she was involved in seeing the fruit. It looked good. Let me tell you something. There's nothing that looks better than a ripe apple on a tree. Unless it's a ripe tomato. <laughs> and tomatoes are fruit as well. But but it's just the, the beauty of that. And so she was mesmerized by the beauty of this apple. Verse 8, then the man and the wife heard the sounds of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman. <laughs> the woman you sent me, she's the one who talked me into it. And he puts the blame on her. Then the, then the Lord God said to the woman, 
what is this you've done? The woman said, wasn't me, it was the serpent. The serpent deceived me. We always want to blame someone else for our downfalls. And, and sin comes in and stress comes in. How, how do we know? Well, they had came fearful of God. God created them. God gave them a wonderful garden to eat out of. And what did they do? They went to the nth degree to go to the tree that they were not supposed to eat from. And so in the process, they begin to realize that they were in trouble and they got guilty. They felt guilty. They started hiding from God. And then they blamed one another. They, they wouldn't take on the, the fact that I did it. I, I deserve punishment. They even went as far as to blame God. Well, God, you're the one that started all this. We didn't have anything to do with it. And so the, the concept of stress started at this very point in history. Stress and anxiety entered the peaceful, cool, loving, blessed garden. That had everything you'd ever need in life was right there. And stress came in. Anxiety came in. Fear came in. And, and it was just a, a very difficult time. And we today continue to strive to deal with the problems of life and find that there is stress that is unbelievable out there in the world we're living in. And not necessarily does it have to be sinful, sin activity, but things are stressful. Who do you believe? Who do you believe? You have to believe the Word of God. You have to determine if the Word of God is correct. The Word of God is 100% on target. The stress of mankind. The woman said to the serpent, we can eat. But God said, no, you can't eat that special fruit. So the stress of mankind is something we all deal with. And we must begin to comprehend as the time of Christ's return is coming. It's very close. Major prophetic things have taken place to where the coming of Christ is very close. And as you see the time of Christ's coming, you can expect to see greater sin in our world. You can expect to see difficult times because the devil is wanting to destroy as many people as possible. And your job and my job is to tear down hell and build up heaven. As I was praying this past week, I was praying about the power of the Holy Spirit and the influence of the Holy Spirit. And that phrase came to me, and I have never had that phrase preached to me. I have never had that phrase come through my mind. But tearing down hell and building up heaven. I have a feeling you're going to hear that for a while because God just spoke that so clearly in my heart that this world is bent on hell. It's bent on doing the things that will cause destruction and send people to hell. Even those sitting in the pew can come and be satisfied and not press in to receive what God has for them in this heaven. It's so important that we recognize that God is a God of, of love, God is a God of compassion, but he also is a God of, of judgment. And, and I'm, I'm fearful for America 
how that we continue to wink at sin, how we continue to do commercials that show homosexuality activities uh, right on the screen of TV. I mean, just blatantly in your house. Uh, God, help us. Help us as, as a, a body of Christ to, to walk out of the sins of this world. There was a guy by the name of Joshua that had a little bit of stress. Joshua was Moses' assistant. In Joshua chapter 1, it, uh, it reads, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. He'd been the assistant. He had walked with Moses. He watched Moses work. He stayed in the temple. He prayed. He sought God when Moses was not in the temple. He, he was all about being close to God. Moses passes. And there is a amount of, of anguish that happens when someone passes in our life. There is that time of, of remorse. I wish I could have said something. I wish I would have had more time. And on goes the list of things that, that we play out. And we just have to stop that nonsense and say, you know what? From this day forward, I'm moving on. That doesn't mean that we don't have times of grief. That doesn't mean there's times whenever we just... Uh, bust out crying in the middle of the day for no reason whatsoever. It's called dealing with grief. And here's, here's Joshua after the death of Moses, the servant. Now, you have to remember, they had certain days of mourning. So they gave uh, a great amount of respect to the mourning process. And, and, and so he's dealing with the loss of, of a great leader, a man of God. And and so he's, he's grieving that, but at the same time, God is saying, I have a mantle for you. I have a job for you. I have a coat for you to put on. And as he was grieving over the loss of his dear friend, a close, close friend who loved God, who had worked with him and, and helped him in different situations, he was feeling the pressure of this new mantle. He was feeling the pressure of being the leader of Israel. I, I must lead these people the feeling and the weight of responsibility was coming down on him. The spiritual counselor, he was going to be that spiritual counselor, and he could feel the weight of this all coming down on him. The stress was there because he realized that these people were a stiff-necked, hard-headed group of people, hard to work with. And God was saying, Joshua, it's all yours. Just march on kingdom is yours you're going to get you're going to get some beautiful land here and you're going to go through battles you're going to go through difficulties but just take heart i'm with you i'm with you and there's the stress that that he's that he's having to deal with of the loss of a close friend and finding the weight of this responsibility is is pushing down on him and he's saying what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to get through this? In verse 6 it says, be strong and courageous. Yeah, right. Be strong and be courageous. The person who, who's been my strong person, I looked up to all along, I've leaned on him, 
and, and, and now he's gone. I have to stand by myself and do this ministry task that's before me. And God, you've called me in your heart. Lord, you know how, how these people are. They are crazy people. And you're asking me to lead them. And God is saying, be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people into inherit the land I swore to your forefathers to give them. God again says, be strong, be very courageous, and be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right nor to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. God said, you can be successful wherever you go, Joshua, because you're going to take this law, you're going to take this word, that I have put in the heart of Moses and Moses has put it into your heart into the hearts of the people and you're going to follow that law and I'm going to bless you because of your obedience wow Amen. did you know that that word obedience is uh, in every Bible story my wife teaches the two and three year olds right now She's taught all of her life. She's a teacher by trade. And uh, there's not a Bible story that she has ever told that she cannot figure out a way to use the word obey <laughs> in the midst of it. That's why God called her to be my wife because there had to be somebody to teach me how to obey. <laughs> and so she's, uh, she's done an excellent job teaching children on, on how to obey. And, and, and I'm, I'm a product of that. Uh, be, be strong, be very courageous. Be strong, be very courageous. Be careful to obey all. Most of us can obey the law pretty well. But all the law? That's what God requires. And he says, if you will obey, I will be there for you. And you will prosper. You will prosper. And you will succeed. That's God's plan. He wants to bring prosperity to us. So how did this man, Joshua, how did he do with the stress of having the responsibility placed on top of him? He did very well because he followed the plan of God. We, in turn, must follow the plan of God. The stress of today Stress of the day. We are dealing in a lifetime of stress. And we have plans and we have purposes. What is the stress problem in our, in our society today? Why do we have this major stress problem? Stress of today. One of the key elements of stress is putting pressure on our children to be the very best at all times. You've got to be a, a, an A student. You've got to have a college picked out. You've got to be able to be the quarterback and be able to pass an 80-yard pass and throw a touchdown pass in perfect Mahomes style. You, you've got to you've got to get realize that if you don't have these these abilities, you you must acquire them. And you you've got to start early. You need to start running and lifting weights. You need to start practicing and preparing two or three hours a day. And on goes the list of challenges that our world 
puts on our children and we sometimes absently minded fall in the same river and just float along. You see, there's a stress for winning at any and all cost. We have to win. Have it ever entered the mind of Americans that in every competition there is someone who loses and there's someone who wins? Whatever happened to the teaching, the concept of grace in losing? Yes. Got awful quiet. But we have this, this overpowering winning society that has to happen. You have to do this, son. Son, you, you I can't pay for your for your education, son. You you have to you have to get this football scholarship. You you have to get this to go to college. And it, it gets to the point where sports runs the household. Right. Sports runs the church. And and sports is a game. And there are people who make literally millions of dollars. There's corporations and companies that sell products that make millions of dollars off of someone who has a God, hear me, a God-given talent. We must recognize that there is stress that we produce on our children that does not need to be. And we need to ask God, how can we balance that out? You say, well, what's the big deal, Pastor? Well, the big deal is, is that win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. And that's the culture of the world. The stress of winning at any cost and at all costs causes young people to get involved in drugs and alcohol, steroids, and they will cheat to get ahead. It is totally unbelievable what stress is put on children to succeed in life. And we just really need to let them know that they're loved. Amen. Just let them know that they're loved. And that doesn't mean that we buy them everything under the sun. But we let them cry through the fact that they can't have the brightest and best all the time. That they learn that life isn't always roses. That there are thorns in the way. So how, how, do, we, how do we involve this process of life? How do we deal with the stress of life? James chapter 4 verse 13 now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or to that city and spend a year there carrying on business and, and make money. There's more important things in life than making money, and that's getting closer to God. Because if you don't have a close relationship with God, you won't spend your money right, and it will be a, a torment to you rather than a blessing. 
And so getting close to God helps you to balance out the concept of the stress of life. Loneliness and unloved and unwanted is a major problem today. We get cyberbullying where kids will get on their phones and bully one another over the phone. It will cause kids to literally shut down, cause them sometimes to commit suicide. The fear of being rejected is beyond comprehension. Low self-esteem, afraid of, of not being good enough, afraid of, of not being accepted by their peers, the dread of failure. Failure is not final unless you don't get back up. And we need to help kids understand that there will be things that you are not capable of doing. And it's okay to fail from time to time. Amen. It's okay to fail. We just got to get back up and get moving again. So in, in our society, the stress of our today, we can't say, this is what I'm going to do. We need to inquire of the Lord. God, is this how you want us to live? Is this how you want us to move on in life? Is this what you have planned for us? How do we live a blessed life? What is a blessed life? And how do we live a blessed life? A blessed life isn't having a million dollars. A blessed life is having a relationship with God. It's having our sins forgiven and knowing that there's a peace that God has for us. A blessed life is found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything or excellent is praiseworthy, think about such things. It's dwelling upon the mind. The blessed life is what we dwell upon, what we put in our minds. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, those are the things, whatever is pure, those are the things we must dwell upon. But when you're being stressed out, you're thinking about every negative thing that's ever happened in your life in the past, and you're dreaming of every negative thing that's going to happen to you in the future. Anxiety has a way of taking you and paralyzing you to where you stare into space and all you think about is the negative things that have been said to you, the derogatory actions of people around you. People can be extremely mean. And we have to recognize that God is greater than their meanness. I said we've got to recognize that God is greater than their meanness. We must recognize the fact that we've got to think on the positive side of life. And the positive side of life is to rejoice in God. A few, few verses before that uh, in Philippians 4 it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble. You see, God knew we'd be fighting stress. God knew that. And so he tells us, rejoice, Lord, always. And again, I say rejoice. Why does he say rejoice? And again, I say rejoice. Because he's wanting the message to get into our spirit. Because we can gripe, murmur, and complain. We're professionals at it. We're Americans. We know how to do it. We know how to gripe, murmur, and complain. But to practice giving God praise and rejoicing in the Lord when things aren't going the way we think they should go, 
Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Give it up to God. Give up the anxiety to God. Say, God, here it is. Because I've got news for you. The scripture says that you can worry and fret and it will not add one inch or one cubit to your life. Not one thing will add to you. It will distract from you. It will tear you down. So quit worrying. Quit fretting. Quit being anxious over things that you have no control over. Allow the presence of God to give you the ability to praise Him and get out of your chair and walk. Get out of your chair and walk. As long as you sit there and dwell and the anxiety is constantly knocking at your door, it will constantly be there. You've got to get up and walk away from that. You've got to walk out of that and get into something that is productive, something that will work for you to get you out of anxiety. Look around you. There are people who care for you and you invest in others. You get on the phone and call somebody, encourage them, and God will help you walk out of God will help you walk out of the anxiety because you will be blessing someone else. Amen. You increase your faith. You increase the level of confidence in God and increase your faith. In, in Romans, it says that as you hear the word of God preached, it will speak to your heart. It will lift you up. It will build your faith. Our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. He died for our anxiety. He can take it away. He can empower us with a greater faith to believe for the impossible. We have to accept the position that God showed uh, Joshua. And that is that we can have the peace of God. That we can have direction of God. That God is a powerful God. In, in that same chapter he was in, going down to verse 9, he said, have, have, have I not commanded you? Be strong and be courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Movement. Joshua could not stay in one spot and dwell about, I can't do this. I can't be in Moses. I can't. And guess what? You, he couldn't be in Moses. He had to be who he was. God created you for who you are. God is available to minister to you and give you strength right now where you're at. He knows your name. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. And, and if we just simply trust God, the position God is that God wants to bless us. And God's saying, if you'll just follow the word of God, I will prosper you and you will be successful. Have I not commanded you to be strong and be courageous? He told Joshua, you've got to be strong and be courageous. He said, I'll give you direction. I'll give you direction. I'll give you protection. The blood of Jesus Christ protects us from all harm and all evil. I will reward you with eternal rewards in heaven, but also I will reward you today with peace of mind. I will take the anxiety. I will take the fear. I will take that and remove it from you as you push yourself into my presence, as you begin to give me praise. You see, when the scripture says to give God praise and thanksgivings and petitions and seeking his face, what he's saying is that we get in the presence of God, letting the presence of God transform us, letting the presence of God flow around us. And we begin to realize that God is for us, not against us. God is for us. He's not against us. He wants to bless us. He wants to protect us. He wants to reward you with peace today, with peace for eternity, that you will always be. He wants to encourage you. And Isaiah says that he wants to pick you up 
and unhold you with his righteous right hand. God's righteous right hand. Jesus sits at the right hand of God. A little boy was commenting about how beautiful the sky was and how beautiful the trees and earth was and how that God made all that. And he said, just think, Dad. God did all that left-handed. He said, what do you mean he did it left-handed? Well, it says Jesus is sitting on his right hand. <laughs> Obviously, he did it left-handed. And But God knows you and cares for you and he's upholding you. If you want a blessed life, don't stress. If you want a blessed life, don't stress. Look to God. Because he's the author and finisher of your faith. God living in you. You see, there's three basic things. Someone to love. Something worthwhile to do. And something to hope for. Three basic things in life. Someone to love something worthwhile to do and something to hope for. Jesus is all of that. Amen. Loving Jesus, doing things for Jesus, and he gives us a hope for eternity. We are hoping for eternity. We know that when Jesus lives in our heart that we have eternity to look forward to. We can love him, we can serve him, and we can look forward to being in his presence forever. Hallelujah. To be in the presence of Jesus forever. As God's children, we are blessed, not stressed. And God is the author and finisher of our faith. And he can remove the stress. And he can empower us to live a life that brings blessing and honor to him. We must keep the law always before our lips. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. Joshua 1.8 Then you'll be prosperous and successful. God wants to bring prosperity into our life. And that prosperity is, is peace of mind. That prosperity is knowing that heaven is ours. That prosperity is knowing that we can bring hope to others. That we can help people walk out of their stress into the presence of God simply by them watching us walk through life and knowing that God is greater than our stress. Amen? God is greater than our stress. And if we give up our, our anxiety and say, God, I need your faith. God, I need your empowerment. I'm available. You see, that's what these hands are for. To open up these hands and say, God, I'm available for your blessing. I'm available for your Holy Spirit to pray through me. I'm available, Lord, to, to read this word and let it transform my life on a daily basis. And that's what this word's all about. It's not to sit on the shelf and make the preacher think you're a Christian because you sit on your table in the living room. It's when it's open and it's got an ink blotch in it and it's got an underline and it's got a verse of scripture and it's got a bookmark and it's got a piece of newspaper in there and oh my goodness cookie crumbs on page 14 <laughs> yeah coffee stain here and there that's what God gets excited about when the word of God is permeating your being 
and it becomes more important to you than the newspaper, more important to you than the stock market, more important to you than the score of the game. Uh -oh. oh, did I say that? I did. How important is God's word to you? Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. And Lord, you want to give us a blessed life. And so, Lord, we, we yield ourselves, body, soul, and mind to you today. And Lord, I know that this world that we're living in is a very difficult world. But I know this, that you're a God who's greater than all the difficulties that's going on in the world today. So God, help us to realize that you are the creator of the universe, that you put this thing all together, and so you allowed sin to come into this world, and, and that was the beginning of stress. And now, Lord, we must take you at your word and realize that we can be blessed in the midst of a stressful world that we're living in. We can smile, we can enjoy life, and we can see stress dwindle out of our spirit because God is supreme in our lives. No one looking around for this moment, but you'd raise a hand and say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I need the power of Jesus in my life in a greater way that I can get rid of this stress. You raise a hand, put it back down. You're here and you say, Pastor, I've, I've struggled with stress and I want God to deliver me. I want peace that I've never had before. You raise a hand and say, that's where I'm at. I, I need that peace, that deep subtle peace. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be in your house. I thank you, Lord, that you care for us. And there's nothing too difficult, absolutely nothing too difficult for you. And so, God, we ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us, Lord, as we spend a few moments here in prayer before we go out the door that you would just settle this message deep in our hearts and that the word of God become more real to us every day, that we would begin to read it as nourishment to our soul, not a textbook, not an educational piece, but as a spirit-transforming piece. Holy Spirit, help us to tear down hell and build up heaven. And Lord, we know that drawing close to you, you will provide for us. And we're grateful for that. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for being here today. The altars are open. I always open the altars and ask people to come and sit in front of you kneel at the altar if they want to kneel come and stand uh, I also have a thing called anointing of oil it's just olive oil but scripture says to uh, anoint folks with oil and pray for their healing it's God's plan and God's purpose and uh, I believe in it 100%
Amen. And so if you're in need of prayer today for whatever reason, you, you, don't, you don't have to tell me. I can pray over you and just ask God's blessing upon your life and God will know. If you want to share with me, it's physical or it's family or it's financial. It, you don't have to tell the, the, the in-between stuff. Just the topic and we'll just pray and believe God for, for awesome things to happen in your life because the creator of the universe created you he knows what you have need of, and when the two people come in a spirit of agreement in the presence of God, He's there to minister. And that's how God designed us. He designed us to have a relationship. He designed us to have friends. He designed us to pray one for another. And so, stand with me this morning. God bless you. I don't close in a closing prayer. I let you close yourself out by praying and seeking the Lord. If you want to just sit there and pray for a moment or two, that's fine. But uh, I'm here to pray with you for whatever reason you might have. Come and let's spend time in God's presence.